Okay, so I thought I would have wanted to continue in this episode with urbanization because it would have been a nice flow from population changes, which is what I would have discussed in episode two. And after I started to write notes for this topic, um, I realized I had something else on my mind that I think I really want to talk about. And it took me so long, actually, to get these notes together. Because I read the notes to, I guess, steer the train of thought to avoid, like, rambling and kind of going off course. And I have notes. I take my time and review the notes and that stuff. But, like, this is still still one of those topics where i think kind of gonna be just going with flow you know because i have so much that i want to like get out so yeah that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna try to get it out <laughs> Jill gems is a podcast hosted by me she will look someone who apparently just really likes to talk <laughs> no so i'm not an expert i do not pretend to be um like I said, I really like to learn things. I like to learn about things. And then I like to share them with anybody who would listen. And the goal of this is not to talk about just geography. Um, it will be about many different topics that center or could relate back to geography and then education in general and just life in general. And if you're cool with that, then you're in the right place. Cheer Gems is available almost anywhere. You can listen to our podcast for free. All stream links are available in the show notes below and in the link in the bio of the GeoGems pod Instagram. Okay, so like I said, I wanted to go in a particular direction based on the last episode. But then I started to kind of like rethink things, well, a lot. And the things that I had written down in my notes. And I felt like I need to approach things from a different angle. And I kind of hope, I hope that I could articulate this the way I want to in my head. The way I have it organized in my head uh so young people right um people my age a little younger a little older uh i went this kind of like a tailspin thinking about all the nonsense that we can have to deal with now because of the generations who came before us who kind of just kept ignoring the bigger picture and unfortunately the more i kind of pay attention to the way things are going with us and even people who are younger than us i realize that we're actually becoming the generation that ignores the bigger picture 
and we're continuing on the same path that they walked on because i guess it's kind of the way we were educated and also because we we're making decisions that we not we not we don't really understand completely and then we're beginning to lose sight of what is truly important and all this is it's affecting the way we solve our problems the problems that we know always existed and continue to exist now so i think i think i have this kind of i don't want to call it an obligation because obviously i don't have any obligations anything but i feel like i have this desire to just be just really honest uh with anybody who listens to this um because i have an experience uh in life that is unique but also it's very similar to a lot of other people my age and for me personally i think experience is the best teacher that you could have um that doesn't mean that we all have to live the same life and experience the same things but experience can be shared and in hearing other people's stories and other people's challenges and other people's joys and successes um those stories can show us where things went wrong and how easily things go wrong uh and where things go right and then we can use that to put ourselves in a better position to think about things differently and do things better not just for like us but for people who are going to experience life after us and it's not about being perfect it's not about being um invincible it's definitely not about avoiding mistakes because life is literally full of mistakes and we can't avoid that because obviously we don't know everything um it's really about just learning from those mistakes that we've already made and it's about having a second chance or a third or even a fifth chance to do something over the way it was supposed to be done in the first place so i was thinking about that and i didn't know how to get everything that i want to say out because i don't know it just i just got some serious writer's block so I was feeling like really frustrated and honestly I was like mm, maybe this podcast thing is not for me. Um this is extremely overwhelming and I should probably just like delete this account, pretend I never decided to start this and just if anybody asks, be like, Well, what podcast? you know? But I don't know, just the thought of doing that was like, nah, that sounds really sad and I don't know i feel like i have so much to say and some it's things that i really need to say and i didn't think it was so much um i didn't think it was that i didn't know what to say uh it's just about kind of like taking my time to process my own thoughts and then i realized what it was the problem that i was having in terms of like 
getting the next episode out and just like life in general it was about patience I think as young people that's something we don't allow ourselves to have and I think it's because we don't really know what it means to truly be patient I hated absolutely hated as a child being told to be patient my mother would tell it to me all the time um, and I would it would set my soul on fire I just couldn't grasp the concept of waiting for something to happen instead of just forcing it to happen immediately when I wanted it to happen and that I guess mentality I I took that all the way into adulthood and yeah I just didn't know how to be patient and what really made it kind of click into place was when I realized I didn't even know how to be patient with myself, it was no longer about just being patient with other people and waiting for people to get their stuff together. It was literally trying to force myself to do things in impossible time frames. Uh, I wasn't expecting things to... I wasn't expecting these things of anybody else. But for me, I was like, nah, you need to like speed it up. You know, I was like, I was running this race and it was just really nobody else <laughs> in the race. It was just me trying to compete against God knows what. But yeah, I, yeah, I just, I stopped and I realized how much pressure I was putting on myself and how impatient I was. And I realized, yeah, this needs to stop. I, like, I need to really sit down and think about what it means to be patient and teach myself how to be that way and honestly even at this big old age i still sometimes have to catch myself and be like whoa slow down give yourself some time to just be and the funny thing is like when i speak to other people my age um they are literally going through a similar thing they are extremely impatient with themselves and it does not help that other people are also impatient with us um but of course our own impatience is always going to be a little more devastating than the external impatience i, I would think that now they do exist together so one would influence the other but I still kind of think is what we think of of ourselves is um like that has the biggest impact it, it could either be negatively or positively and we don't realize it all the time because you know external f- pressures always kind of grab your attention because it's, it's so forceful it's a lot louder and more it's, it's more recognizable I guess but the internal pressure that it don't even have to be low, it don't have to be forceful. It's just something just there, kind of just annoying you. Yeah. <laughs> and it it 
really does that it does damage and i think even if you don't realize it 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 does a lot so i kind of i felt i felt kind of annoyed with myself writing this episode because i start to think boy i put myself in this box like this very specific box and then i would think but you know i really do love geography like i do and i love the environment i love human geography most importantly and like i love everything about the subject and initially like everything i tried to focus on with the geogems podcast like i was like for it but then i was thinking am i limiting myself by trying to bring every single conversation back to geography and then i was like no this is just this is just like i don't sound corny but like this is like self-doubt you know and with some effort you know i could work these things into any area of geography if i try and i probably will anyway <laughs> but i don't know i was just thinking maybe it would be better if i just focus on the conversation and not so much on the geography just like come and go whenever it feels to go you know a little freer but like i said i have a unique experience and my unique experience involves a lot of geography <laughs> and i don't want to diminish that you know to suit the i guess people's tastes or whatever um because like nobody's going to relate every single part of your life but you know this part of my life somebody else you know other geography students other people who just like geography in general could definitely relate it so um i want someone to just learn from my experience i could learn from somebody else's experience so i think once i keep that in mind um this that i've started already um i think i could achieve what it is that i intended to achieve anyway so let's talk about some young people right um specifically let's talk about young people and what they want what they need and how the people in positions to offer us these things respond to our requests in a lot of countries um you see uh, the people who are in positions of power they approach the needs of young people kind of with annoyance you know they see us kind of like a problem that they feel forced to fix all the time and they pretend and i mean some don't genuinely believe that they are not partly responsible for causing the issues that we're facing but also them pretend not to know that that's what it is um they don't see that our lives are kind of like a reflection or an extension of their choices and byproducts of the systems that they built they think that we created our own problems and we continue to create our own problems and we're just unwilling to listen to their perfect advice and just be better you know and the problem with all of that is that it is delusional <laughs> so i can't name a single issue that we've created for ourselves now let's be real we may carry forward some issues 
even revive or renovate <laughs> some old issues but never create everything that's going on now is not new it's just a little vamped up right and then another problem that we're having to deal with i at least from my perspective is this whole issue of hopelessness okay so hope is something so valuable we don't even understand um the moment you kind of just stop believing that you could do something or something good is a possibility you have essentially become hopeless and that's where all your power is power is in what you believe that you could do and i don't want to sound too chicken noodle soupy i think that's the name of the book right but hope is i think is a driving force behind any great leader and if anybody who is setting out to change the law change uh the way people are treated like just make any kind of change hope is what keeps them on their path if they didn't believe that they could do something what would be the point uh if they just close their eyes be like well yeah i can't remember this what exactly do you think will happen nothing uh having hope means you confidently expect that something will happen that confidence is what is important it is that's the thing that is kind of keep you going you know it's push you to keep trying to keep believing and i believe that a lot of us are in a place where we no longer have that confidence we have become so despondent with the lack of radical change that we no longer have the drive that we should have because we're not getting the results that we want personally i have quit doing a lot of things because i didn't get the results that i expected i lost hope in my own abilities when i was willing to do something and then i realized that this is harder than i thought it was going to be and i lost hope in a lot of people who i felt just wasn't the way the way i needed them to be when i needed them to be and honestly if i'm you know speaking frankly i kind of lost hope in god for not making things happen for me you know things that i felt that i deserved and i was like we're we living in a hopeless society and i think that needs to change if it is we really want to make a difference we have to teach ourselves patience and we have to teach ourselves hope So I spent some time recently paying attention to local politics and I just kind of realized why I don't. <laughs> I was instantly annoyed, like even more frustrated with the way this country has been governed like across the board. 
I was also, I mean, I, I guess I was a little confused too about some things because, like, um, so many languages are a little bit weird, but I mean, I kept at it as long as I could. I still, I'm still at it, if I could say that. Um, yeah, I went into a bit of a, a political rabbit hole. And then I started to send my friends really annoying voice notes about how much BS gets thrown around as politics. But I guess the big thing for me was how much our experience of politics has kind of affected our own personal experiences. Um, the way that political parties prey on people's emotions, essentially, they take advantage of people's hopes. And they sell them dreams. And then when it comes time to deliver, we all realize we've kind of been hoodwinked. And I guess that shoves hope further away from us. I kept thinking about how many cycles of this we've had to go through. It's easy to understand now why everybody's so angry and looking for any way to make life different than it is. And young people like, extremely angry <laughs> and i mean our anger is loud it's it's loud enough to make people uncomfortable but very debatable about if it's effective in making people want to listen to us i don't think it is i think it absolutely absolutely not i'm uh, probably thinking well i rather be loud and angry at least that is something by any day we want more than just making people uncomfortable um because we don't want just discomfort because at any day we also have to live in this discomfort and we have to raise our future kids in this discomfort and if nothing changes and we believe that nothing will ever change what are we doing (laughs) Now, I'm not saying that, like, don't be angry, you know. Anger is a, a natural emotion to feel uh, when you're being treated unfairly and you're being uh, robbed of things or whatever. Feel the anger, sure. Feel the hurt. Cool. But we need to find a way to make that experience, the experience that made us angry, count. You know, can't use the anger to make something happen but we can let it inspire us to have hope and do something to make things better um to confidently work towards change uh we don't know how we can make things happen we know that but some of us don't have hope in ourselves we don't have hope in each other and most importantly that to me we don't have hope in god and that's another thing um i spent a lot of time on just thinking and i don't don't spend a lot of time on social media anymore (laughs) but when i do i see a lot of people who are being taught to hate the idea of religion now i don't have to preach to nobody and I had to shame nobody and I had to tell nobody what to do. I am just sharing my experience. So, I grew up Christian. I went to Sunday school, went to church, 
I went to church camp, went to VBS, <laughs> and I didn't love it all the time, um, because I felt like the brand of Christianity that I was being offered was not the way that I felt it should have been. Um, it can make you feel really ashamed of decisions that I think that you decisions that you're making. It can make you feel excluded. It could make you feel less than yours, and it can make you feel really unloved. And me personally, I didn't feel connected to the Bible. In fact, I saw too much negativity that it was used for uh, you know history of time and whatever and i just kind of hated it kind of hated the idea of it so my relationship with christianity was shaky <laughs> and i was confused about what i kind of really believed in for a really long time i didn't want to believe um that if i made one mistake i was going to go to hell and i didn't want to believe that i was deserving of anything bad that was happening in my life mm, so there was a lot that i didn't like and i didn't feel comfortable associating myself with any part of it so i get it i get it i get the way people feel it makes people uncomfortable and makes people wary because of all the historical and the correct issues that come out of any religion but I think that it doesn't stop there. But a lot of people are making permanent choices and they're forming really strong opinions about things that they don't know enough about. And of course, they're influencing people to form opinions based on their opinions. And we know that could easily be very problematic. To say the least. And it's not their fault. Because a lot of us don't know anything. But we're pretending that we do. And. For me. I strongly believe that. You're supposed to want knowledge. As as individuals. There is no other human being. That should be in charge of what you learn. And when it comes to faith. In this part of the world. Where information is so readily available. Uh, it even, it's even more important. For us to take control of our understanding of what we believe in. Um, so, yeah, instead of just being angry at something that you don't understand or something that you think doesn't make sense, it's more important to examine where that perception of something came from, look at the sources of information that you're, you know, that you're going to. And in doing that, I realized a lot of the things that I was taught growing up, they just weren't taught the right way. A lot of it was watered down or exaggerated or just plain just lied about because the people who were in charge of disseminating information were also in charge of keeping a system in place that needed to lead people in a particular way of life that they thought was most beneficial and not necessarily right and at the end of the day 
I mean, we're all being led in some way or form. It's the direction that we're being led in that matters more than the act itself. I mean, leading is not negative. As long as we're interacting with people, with each other, our thoughts are going to be altered. We're going to be taught how to think about things by everything and everyone around us. That's the reason why we have cultures. We can't change that. We can't change the fact that we talk (laughs) to each other on a daily basis and experience um things through people's eyes like we can't change that what we can change is what thoughts that we're holding on to and what we're doing with those thoughts and in doing research in being open to hearing from others and being willing to evaluate um not just their ideas but your ideas and your beliefs is what makes this whole thing work if you're not willing to listen or learn or research or just evaluate your own opinions and experiences i guarantee you religion or no religion you are not going to achieve much in life and another part of it too is understanding that regardless of what is right what you know is right what you feel is right or understand or whatever you could have all the information clearly laid out in front of you you just won't reach everybody you can't that's just the way life is there's nothing you can do to ensure to guarantee that you the truth will settle down in everybody's minds and be absorbed and be you know influential it just you have to be accepting of that or else you're probably gonna drive yourself crazy trying to force everything to line up the way you want it to line up and yeah that is part of life you have to you have to understand that no matter what you do it's no fault of yours that's just the way things are you just won't reach everybody so you reach who you could and you hope that somebody else reaches the rest and you hope that that continues down the line until as much as possible it gets where it needs to get i say all this to basically say that when you believe in something you have to know what is making you think this way who and where is this opinion coming from? Do these people know what they're saying? How do you know that they know what they're saying? How does it help your experience? How does it affect other people's experiences? Um, do my actions align with what I believe in? Do my beliefs make things worse or better for others? Um, do the people around me who believe in what I believe in act in a way that helps or harms others? Does my belief give me or take away hope? And why? If you ask yourself these questions and you can't answer, because you generally just don't know how to answer it, then you need to take some time to do some research. Ask some questions. 
for your own benefit. Your beliefs cannot just be a recitation of someone else's beliefs. It has to stand on its own and it has to apply to you and your life because it's not everybody else's belief, it's yours. No one can make you truly believe in anything. You can understand, sure, but truly agreeing with it requires you to experience what it is that you're believing in. And yeah, I know some people are probably thinking, oh, so what is happening with anything? This is not like a geography podcast. <laughs> you know, like I said, this is not just about geography. So the reason I brought this particular topic up is because, like I said, I don't spend a lot of time lounging around on social media, like on a, like for, for pers- like personally, like with my personal account or anything like that. Um, and that's because, like, I don't feel it has a purpose for me anymore. Like, I don't feel like I fit into that environment anymore because of the way people are forcing themselves to act in certain spaces um and i kept seeing this trend of um, people kind of trying to make people feel ashamed for feeling positive or having positive thoughts or having thoughts at all that differ from the general negativity thing that happens all the time. And specifically, I kept seeing um, people being shamed for believing in God, which was weird. Because a lot of people created this kind of false identity of spirituality. And yes, I'm spiritual. And yes, I'm this. And the universe that. And this, that, and the other. But they don't truly believe in anything that they're saying. And the people that follow them, they don't necessarily pick up on it. They don't pick up on the, I guess, the falseness of of what they're saying don't pick up on the fact that it's just pretend social media is easy to pretend on and i don't say everything on social media is fake obviously not but it's easier for you to take yourself out of um of a a persona that you've created on online and many times it requires you to take yourself like your real self out of this persona because it's not easy to be like truly criticized and social media is easy it's a space that it is easy to be criticized on and when it comes to the idea of religion and um true spirituality and that kind of thing people don't want to people don't want to risk getting into those kinds of conversations because it's a lot harder to um I guess provide the proof. <laughs> That's how the people will be looking for you to provide to them. And it's really actually not about that to begin with. I think we're not yet at a stage where the truth is important when it comes to social media interactions. It's more about what gets the most attention. 
and what has gotten the most attention in the past is the fact that it's easy for something that was meant to be um used for good has been used for a lot of a lot of disgusting um things and instead of approaching this invention i guess we could call it that this idea this whatever um in a manner where we're accepting that it could be used for something that it wasn't meant to and we could take what's important out of it and apply it to our lives instead of doing that we focus on all the negative things that came out of it and keep reminding people of these negative things so that it will never be used at all regardless of what good could could be done because if we do that then like i said the truth is not most accepted thing in these kinds of spaces the truth is kind of boring when you think about it what's exciting is um bacchanal and confusion and um tragedy and that kind of thing so the longer we stick to that i guess the more exciting our life is you know and i can't i can't i don't have the energy i suppose to constantly try to convince people who for sure already made up their mind they're not interested in hearing anybody else because they're so comfortable and they're so they're 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 satisfied with what their opinion is and what it does for them like i'm not interested and i don't have the energy to constantly be no hear my side listen to this no that doesn't mean i'm I'm not not gonna say what my side is but at the end of the day, you have to choose your battles wisely. And that's just not a battle I'm interested in fighting. I just, it's not. Um, nothing comes out of arguing with people on the internet who is not interested in hearing what you have to say. And is just interested in the argument. You know? So, yeah, that's why I don't I don't linger around on social media. Because I just, I just not interested in... I just not interested in that fight. I think me if i'm able and capable of um deconstructing my own opinions and my own beliefs my own ideas and really get into the nitty-gritty of it and see what could be evaluated and what should be evaluated and fix certain things about fix my thoughts about certain things i think other people should be willing to do that as well and if they're not i'm just i'm not i'm not gonna interact you know, the I'll leave that to somebody else who has the energy. So yeah, um, when it comes to um trying to change things and trying to be a motivator and I guess to share experience to try to inspire people, uh, I I couldn't I couldn't do this if I didn't have my faith. I brought this up to, um, I guess it make people feel a little more comfortable in their beliefs. Um, because I do, I feel comfortable in what I believe in now because I did my research and I, I, I got the information that I felt I needed to get. I worked on my own personal feelings with it and 
if it is that you are struggling with believing in something because people on the outside are making it hard for you to believe in it and feel i guess sturdy in it um this is the time to pull back and you work on that for yourself this is the time to start doing your research and figure out why it is you feel uncomfortable in what you believe in um figure out if there's something that's missing from within you that makes you feel confident in this idea um yeah evaluate everything every feeling everything that comes with this realization so that when it is there are I and mean, there'll always be moments where you're feeling doubt so when you do have doubt about this thing that you're holding on to you could reach in or reach wherever and remember yeah this is this is why this is it this is how um this is what i have this is what makes this thing real for me um and that way even if it's just one person who is confused or misled or whatever about what it is that is you at least could be able to share your experience your knowledge your whatever with this person and say well yeah this is why this is this for me and you could take that information and process it and see where it takes you from there because if you don't know what you're talking about anybody could come and tell you that you're wrong or anybody could come and tell you that yeah you're talking nonsense or you don't even know what you're doing all right and i think that happens a lot with things like this and things in general when you appear as if you don't know what you're talking about other people take it as yeah this person ain't know nothing so let me just tell them they're wrong and just because they're easily confused or they just they have doubts then they'll be able to say yeah i agree i really don't know what you're talking about and then yeah that'll be the end of it there they won't they've won the argument um for your sake know what you're talking about <laughs> go do your own research dog like They'll be out here talking about things and making yourself look foolish. Because you can't fix anything outside of you without first working on your internal um, feelings and how you deal with things and how you see things, how you process things. Like That has to come first and then you could venture out and help somebody else. So that's the reason why I brought it up. It was not to be pastor luke or anything like that and it was not to make anybody feel ashamed of anything or anything that they would have said or done in the past it was not about that it was just to say this is me you know talking about something that i feel passionate about and also you know being accepting of something that people not necessarily so accepting of My hope comes from God. Now, I think God is my only source of hope because I don't trust humans to do anything but be human. And we know that humans are 
easily corrupted. And if I were to just sit around waiting for that to change and let go of the hope that I have let go of in the past, then life is just pretty depressing. And that fact can carry your mind into some dark places really, really quickly. So many people are seeing that humans are just really disappointing people <laughs> and they just don't see the point in a lot of things because they think that this is all that there is and they give up because if we are constantly failing to get it right and you know we're not seeing anything else that could happen that could change then of course it's going to feel hopeless but i want people to like, stop thinking that way because we do have a lot that we could accomplish. We have so much purpose. We have so much potential. So that if we were to tap into a pure source of hope, whatever that is for individuals, you know, we can achieve a lot more than we're doing now. We just can't do that if while we're trying and we're working, we also believe that everything we're doing is pointless. You know, you have to believe in what you're doing. You have to have confidence in the efforts that you're making and when it comes to politics and the government and all that we want we all want change you know as young people we all want to make an impact and force things to shift in the right direction we all want to undo the things that were put in place by our predecessors we're we want all these things but we're also not willing to do the work and I'm not talking about like trying to get into positions of power to make things happen. We know how hard that is. Um, and even if we were to replace every single person in the government right now with a young, capable person in touch with reality, all that good stuff, the system is just—it's just not—it's not fixable the way we think that it is and that's not just in Trinidad that is in the world this thing is set up so rigidly that it's going to be extremely difficult for anybody to make drastic changes especially the ones that we're hoping to make and that's even if they still want to by the time they get to that position of power because there may be a little real here having power changes people the minute you start having more say more money less accountability you start making different decisions you start making riskier decisions you stop caring about things that no longer affect you humans regardless of age young old in between are easily corrupted and in spite of that knowledge, we know the work still exists. Um, the real work now is continuing, even if, even when we feel like you're wasting your time, is usually um, something that you encounter pretty early in your efforts, but. You have to use your hope 
instead of just your anger to create change and a lot of the time it's not as quick it's not as easy as we expected it to be um the work is being patient and being strategic it is continuing to believe in the changes that you want to make happen even when nobody ain't listening to you it is living the way you want others to live and it's about setting the example even when the systems and the culture around you just doesn't favor it and it's about understanding that what you want um is understanding what you want and being willing to share that information with people that are closest to you i know we all want that utopian society we all want to make big money changes to get there we want everybody to hold hands and sing songs and live freely and happily you know we're all vegans the air is clean the ocean is clear and you know we want perfection but before we get to that if we ever even get to that we have a lot of smaller issues to deal with we have a lot of small fights to fight and it's not just about the big fights on social media we hear a lot about how we need to go after the big fights and because the big fights cause big changes and all that but by now i think we should realize that that's not necessarily the case now big fights get more attention and usually there's a lot of motivation behind why people go after big fights but it's very, very, very rare that a big change actually comes out of it. Because we're not a part of a system that cares enough for that to happen. Small fights and small changes add up. So we need to have the patience to understand that. Young people are starting to follow in the same footsteps that we know don't work. Because the people before us tried it and it didn't work. But we somehow think that if we just tweak it slightly, you know, and we're young and hip and vibrant, then for sure it'll work this time. But it won't. Um, so, how about we try something that we know for sure? Or, it's not even about knowing for sure. So that we just haven't tried before. <laughs> you know, how about we stop pretending that we know everything? Because we don't. And that is okay. How about we stop pretending that we're incapable of failure or making mistakes? Because we are. And that is okay too. We're just as fallible as our parents, our grandparents, and everybody who came before them. Um, we need to just stop talking about what we think should be done better and actually find ways to do better and leave room for ourselves to get it wrong. And learn to do it right because i can guarantee you we're going to get it wrong so much if we're relying on what we know alone and we are going to stumble upset a lot of people we're going to ultimately feel like giving up and 10 years on the road we're going to be the people who upset the next generation of young people um but we have to remember that the work is to keep going regardless it's about owning up to your mistakes and deciding to change tactics and allowing others to do the same thing how do we know 
how are we going to go about that is the real question how do i as a young person make a meaningful impact in this society that i'm in how do i be the source of change that matters well i think if you're asking yourself that question and you know you're thinking about how this is going to work then you're probably on the right path the fact that you're interested in changing things means you still have hope because you believe that there are uh opportunities for things to be better the change that you're interested in seeing is a possibility in your mind and that means you're capable of making it a reality if you didn't know this i am going to tell you (laughs) how you make those changes is completely up to you as an individual I think we need to stop letting the professional advocates make our efforts feel insignificant. It is not about how much money you can give away, how much statuses you could post, how much placards you could wave around in the air. It is about you as a person. The choices that you make, the beliefs that you have, the way you treat people, even the people you don't care about, even the people that you don't like. Um, it's the way you treat yourself and the way you treat any other living thing your journey is going to be different to everybody else and any effort that you make as long as it's intentional and comes from an honest place is significant we all have our role to play We all have a purpose. It is not to be ranked or scaled and compared and measured to see who's doing it better. Finding your purpose should not be stressful. It should not cause you to feel insecure or excluded. It should be an enlightening journey. Of course, it's going to not be always easy, but it should not be, it should not be discouraging. It should be empowering. It should make you feel inspired to do even more than you initially thought that you were capable of. If it feels forced and uncomfortable and it makes you feel like you're not um, in a good place, then it's probably not your role. It may be someone else's. So my advice is to take the time to find out yours really sit with yourself and let that inspiration come to you don't try to fit yourself into anybody's expectations of what you should be doing to create the positive change that you want to see happen uh this suddenly feels like an advice segment but it's not advice in terms of oh i'm telling you what to do um this is just things that i've learned from my experience and i would tell anybody um if they listen that your journey is your journey at any day nobody should be telling you exactly how you should live your life as long as it's not you know a harmful life that you're living obviously um but yeah sit and think about what it is that you want and you know let it let, let the inspiration come so geography how does it relate 
in all of this well we know for a fact that if policies don't have a specific youth component then many people are going to be left out a very large percentage of the population are going to have their needs and wants ignored and pushed aside we know that because we live in a country where policies are made without considering the opinions or experiences of young people geography's role in all of this is basically to provide i guess education and uh research so you know data information and as a geographer it's not just about you know learning how things happen like it's not just about learning how a hurricane happens and this is how a flood happens water comes down and oh drains are clogged it's now in the discipline yes you're going to get a lot of information a lot of data a lot of scientific you know stuff but it's also about application what are you going to do with this knowledge how are you going to use it to help your community your country change things and change the way all these things around affect all the things around you is affecting everybody else how is it going to change your behavior how is it going to have an impact on you personally and you have to be more than just interested in the explanation of things geography has to include research especially surrounding matters of policy if you're entering into a field in geography you're or you're already in it uh, and you don't know what the purpose is yet no that's fine you know you don't know what job you're gonna get when you have this information you don't know how it's going to steer your life in a particular direction cool but also you need to kind of start thinking of it thinking of it as more than just oh this is an exam i have to pass this is a subject that i have to do to get into this particular program and get into this particular career it's more than just having a career it's you have to look at what it is that you're learning and look at your life look at the things around you what is the relevance of what you're being taught how can it be a major part of your experience how does it make you think differently does it make you want to think differently at all can this information be useful in solving small scale problems as well as large scale problems does it start a conversation who does it start a conversation with does this conversation affect anybody or anything what information do you have that allows you to be a part of this conversation if you're interested in truly making change then you need to be doing the groundwork which is in case in the case of geography it's the research and the next step is to reach for the policy the unfortunate thing is though our education system is not particularly geared towards research um you learn what they give you and you you any research that you're doing is basic based on a specific project or area of study my rate of advice would be to do more than you're asked look for things even when you're not required to pay attention to things that aren't in textbooks 
if you wait for somebody who is in charge of education to require research on a particular topic or item or whatever you are going to probably never get it <laughs> and you're going to struggle to catch up yeah you need to always kind of be asking questions and collecting data making conclusions pointing out issues and you know working towards solutions as a geographer the work is your entire life and i mean it in a way that integrated in the way you live geography is still a widely misunderstood subject so a lot of people just don't take it seriously because they don't really know what box to put it in you know is it, is it a science is it um what what is it or something else they just don't know what its purpose is but as a student of geography or a lover of geography you um you have to make it apply to something um but it puts you in a really awkward spot because the same people who not really so sure what exactly the purpose of geography is these are the people who are in charge of teaching you geography and this is something you have to figure out for yourself you have to know what this means to you um you have to find the supplemental information to make this subject mean what it's supposed to mean and it's going to mean something different to everybody who studies it you have to just make the research practical you have to put yourself a lot of yourself into it especially while you're young um that's when you probably have the most energy to do that <laughs> right um so yeah just think about what is geography supposed to be for me When we read through um, the manifesto of politicians, they never specifically talk about their interest in serving the youth of the population. They kind of just skim past issues that mainly impact us. And they often, they often get away with it because nobody really reads a manifesto. You know, it's incredibly boring. And it's filled with sometimes complex language. So when I was a teenager, I never once picked up a manifesto. Um, I would watch, you know, like political rallies and stuff on TV. I'd maybe read about it. But actually pick up a manifesto and read it cover to cover. Mm, yeah, no, that wasn't happening. And they know that they depend on that and even if it is that you are reading a manifesto cover to cover the odds that you have somebody to discuss this with in depth and actually go through um what all of this, these things represent what does it mean and actually guide you in terms of understanding what this is about and how you could um influence this or whatever the other low right so at my age i'm trying to be a little bit more aware of certain things so for example i take it upon myself to read 
the 2050 manifesto of our current government and i'm kind of thinking about doing a sort of uh, like a manifesto tracker for that period that 2015 2020 period and the 20 20 2025 period um but i'm still thinking about it you know so the present government you know in 2020 in 2015 promised the citizens of Trinidad and Tobago a lot of things um you know the general list transparency honesty accountability integrity selflessness you know openness all that good stuff that on paper sounds really good um but particularly they mentioned their plan i'm using that word very loosely for tackling crime and they specifically mentioned youth criminality that's what they called it um so their desire was to implement a series of preventative actions to attack the root causes and not the symptoms of crime now if you read that sentence by itself it's like wow oh my god it's finally get it you know crime is not just what you see on the block or on a crime scene it's more than that you think oh yeah they have it now they gain it together drop down a line these are the actions that you know they mentioned the preventative actions to attack right cool word for word using the police youth club cadet force and the citizen security program to identify pragmatic and strategic prevention intervention and suppression of activities involving guns drugs and gangs number two embedding pro-social development strategies towards providing any young person sorry preventing any young person from being involved in offending behavior and number three implementing an aggressive public outreach campaign on effective strategies to combat juvenile violence if you need to rewind and go back and listen to that again please feel free let it sink in process what that means okay number one right depends literally only on law enforcement and military resources and it focuses a lot on the activities of crime right now i personally have never been to a police club meeting i have never even volunteered um i am only talking about what i read on the website so it is advertised as a fun place for your children where they can be involved in fun educational activities and of course there are some rules there is a uniform that must be worn for each meeting including a type of footwear which is sneakers and socks in this case failure to do this will result in the member being instructed to leave now there is no mention of whether this uniform is provided but i don't get the feeling that it is members must pay a contribution monthly and should be paid every month 
Don't mention whether you'll be able to remain a member if you cannot pay the monthly fee. All parents must take effort to attend parents' meetings every month. When attending formal functions, members are required to dress in a particular way, which is a white shirt, black pants, dress shoes. And of course, they provide bow ties for the young men. Now, I am betting a few dollars that the cadet force has similar rules. Now, they are advertised as an organization for young people that emphasizes military training and discipline within the objective of transforming young people into productive, caring citizens of Trinidad and Tobago and an invaluable source of recruits for the protective services and defense force. It's based in 40 secondary schools throughout the country with an additional five specialist units within. The Naval Unit, Food Prep, Air Cadet Unit, Paramedical Unit, and of course, the Cadet Force Band. Eligibility for this depends on residency, age, and education. Are you a Trinidad and Tobago citizen or a legal resident between the age of 12 and 19 and enrolled in a secondary school? Hmm. Or are you a Trinidad and Tobago citizen or a legal resident over the age of 19 with minimum three O-level passes? Moving on. The Citizen Security Program has three components that depend on Guess who? The Trinidad and Tobago Police Service and Ministry of National Security. And I can list out a few of the communities that the CSP is active in, but you could probably guess at least four from each corner of Trinidad. Now, like I said, feel free to rewind and listen to that over again. Let it sink in. I don't know how this sounds to you. I don't know what it's like. I don't know what signals again, what's standing out, but I can tell you what it sounds like to me. The government of Trinidad and Tobago thinks that it is okay to leave the quote-unquote fixing of youth up to law enforcement. And I feel like we know that doesn't make much sense. The police or the army or any protective service or whatever cannot prevent crime on their own i don't care how much fun the children are having or being offered they can't <laughs> i don't care what they tell themselves when they put on the uniform but they can't the fact is the way that they operate is not conducive to preventing crime it just isn't i'm sure with the right mindsets and resources they could probably be capable of investigating crime maybe but what prevents crime is not um what it is that they're doing it is reducing the situations that drive people into crime there is no amount of left in eyes right that is going to be enough for that these mini military institutions First of all, they exclude a lot of people. If I am perhaps not 
enrolled in a secondary school or any school at all for whatever reasons, I can't be a cadet. No, you may say, well, you could go to police youth club and you know, uh, but as if one, my parents are able or even care enough to get me enrolled in police youth club, get me a uniform, get me a passport picture to even register, attend parents meeting. And the reality is that is not the case for a lot of young people. Now, there should be specific strategies that don't depend on the Ministry of National Security. Health and youth should not be made into a crime-solving issue. Because solving crime through law enforcement is expensive. It hasn't worked and it will probably never work. Now, I'm not saying get rid of the PYC or the Tether Force or that. No, I'm sure it has helped a lot of young people and it probably will continue to help people if they choose to go that route. But we need to make sure that that's not the only route for young people to go through. Now, aside from all of that, they mentioned this mysterious pro-social development strategy, whatever, to prevent any young person from being involved in offending behaviour. What exactly are those strategies? Why flip through each page? I'm looking for something specific and I can't find them up to this very day. I went looking. Trust me, I did. Who is implementing these strategies? On what level are these strategies being implemented? What has been the success of these strategies in the past five years? Where is the data that shows that you somebody came up with these strategies to begin with? I can't find anything at all. And then, of course, the aggressive public outreach campaign. That could not be a vaguer statement. Unless we care. Be clear. The goal of bringing this up is not to try to sway anybody's political ideologies and all that, right? I don't care what side I'm on. It's not about sides, right? This is about me saying we're too accustomed to thinking that we should wait for these people to somehow want to get it right and finally give us what it is that we're asking for and the fact is we know we're not going to get it <laughs> but we still somehow waiting and then we get angry because they're not listening to us maybe it's time we do more for ourselves we need to do more for each other. The changes that we want to see happening, they don't, they won't come from the people in positions of power because it does not benefit them to do that. It does not benefit them to reduce um, funding for anything under the Ministry of National Security. It does not. Why would they do that and then increase funding for social services that provide in free and readily available mental health care for youth for what it does not benefit them to increase the access to proper education and family care services for what it doesn't benefit them to spend time actually reaching out to young people to hear what it is they have to say or provide sustainable employment for youth it doesn't help them to provide comprehensive sexual education and 
and healthcare from an early age because they don't they don't care to truly invest not time not energy and certainly not money in you they will provide group homes and a juvenile detention center not to protect the youth because we know it doesn't it doesn't help prison no matter what name you want to call it or what dress you want to put on it and how you want to make it look pretty or sound pretty it helps no one and at no point in time has it ever helped anyone it might help the ones who no longer have to look at the problem or you can live in your own little fantasy but not pretend that so this issue doesn't exist because why this person is behind bars nowhere near your sight that works for you and there are services that some countries offer within the prison service within the prison system that can be of help but that requires a lot of effort and a lot of funding and a lot of compassion things we just don't have here we're not designed for that things are not designed for that here but here we are depending on law enforcement to provide solutions for crime they literally get more funding if there is more crime they would be out of a job if there was no crime what exactly are they getting out of fixing crime nothing do you think the government is unaware of this do you think anybody's unaware of this of course not they're very aware and this is not groundbreaking information i'm not bringing you anything new over 20 years ago a report um from the world bank was published um outlining all the areas in Trinidad that needed to have improvements made in order to increase or to foster youth development 20 years ago and since then they knew they knew that the youth of Trinidad and Tobago wasn't being provided with economic or social resources that they needed they knew that they knew we weren't being provided with emotional support or just basic material needs they knew that child abuse was rampant in fact it was quite okay be served some hot child abuse by your very own parents and educators and they knew the correlation between these factors and all the social negatives that exist they knew and they know now but did it matter does it matter no we've made progress if the teacher the way hitch you can't beat your black and blue for not bringing your homework right but that doesn't stop abuse in other non-physical ways. I've heard some seriously awful things come out of teachers' mouths and other people involved in education system and other systems as well. This is across the board. Decisions are being made, quote-unquote, with the youth in mind without actually intending to help any of us. And that makes you, as a young person, extremely frustrated and extremely angry but what can you do with that anger not much but so then what well instead of just being angry and then telling everybody oh, i'm so angry how about you just 
get together and act on something you see a gap in a particular area you see something that's going wrong that needs to be fixed create something that doesn't depend on the people who update to fill that gap make the limited amount of time that you have here count for something because we all want the life that we were promised sure i would love to be driving my dream car right now and living in my dream house you know traveling the world and having a great old grand time but with the situation that we're all in should i sit around and say oh my god i hate the fact that i still have to be taken unreliable and unsafe public transportation Ugh, i'm so angry the government should be making ptsd more efficient does an efficient public transportation system um help them have you ever seen a minister on the bus route in a maxi on a bus no why exactly should they care because you're upset okay <laughs> i'm not trying to piss anybody off but like it sounds so unrealistic when we scream these things into the void which is exactly what it's the void that they don't care they're not listening so it's time to do things for ourselves and for each other and yes even if it doesn't make you famous or rich that's not the point right the point is not to make a lucrative business out of advocacy and philanthropy that's where a lot of us i think get lost we're extremely upset that rich people are capable of helping those that need help but instead they're becoming richer and more famous because of the causes that they quote-unquote stand up for and people are still not getting the help that they need and we look at that and we see how unfair it is and we say i want to do better than them i want to do more than they did but when it's our turn to do the work we're extremely annoyed that we're not making money from it i saw someone say the other day ngos shouldn't exist because they take advantage of volunteers and you never make the amount of money that the guys on top are making so you you should stop support ngos and go get taken advantage of for real money i'm like what what and this post had like thousands of comments people were agreeing with it and they were sharing it and i'm just sitting there like is that what volunteering is supposed to be about your reward what you get out of it you go in and and you with expectations of getting rich how are you different from the guys on top we know volunteers are going to be exploited anytime you do something for free you're being exploited we know that it's literally free labor but it's the work that you do that matters more than that it's a contribution that counts because at the end of the day somebody is relying on your volunteering to get even if it's two percent of what they need they're still waiting for it they're still hoping that they get it it's not about how much money you get to put in your pocket at the end of the day the minute it becomes about that then you're probably 
simply in the wrong place. How much money you make cannot be the bigger concern when it comes to helping people. The reward is the impact that your work has. It's not about somebody giving you something in return. It should be about what you feel when you do that work. So, right now, I am working on something that I think would be able to fill a gap that I see. And I think I'm capable of helping fill, even if it's like a little bit. And I know I won't probably get anything out of it. And that's cool because I can fight this small fight and create a small change. And then who knows, maybe later on in life, I could try to fight a bigger fight. And I think if you find yourself thinking about what it is that you can do to help make the lives of other people better and, you know, like think that through. Plan it. Talk it over with other people. Get guidance. Get support. Get what you need to make it happen. And then, of course, you know, pray about it. Make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And... I believe that you could do anything you have hope in. It's not about how big the impact is or how much people recognize you for it. It's not about the monetary reward you get. It's about the fact that you did something and you did it with honesty, you did it with compassion. So, you know, do something, even if it's really, really small. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gems. Really hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a time writing these notes and kind of excited for the next episode to see what else I could get out <laughs> of my head. Don't forget to share it with people if you think that it's worth sharing. And, you know, keep your eyes peeled for things that people are going to be inspired to do. You know? Not by me. Oh, I mean, oh, I hope by me, but I just mean in general. Yeah. Bye.